chopping and roasting Yeah, that's what we do Set them up, knock them down Make that cherry glow Whiskey and cigars The gentleman's cologne Cheers, y'all. That sounds like a party just about to start, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally Hi, Mom. as the world-famous Smokin' and Toastin'. Welcome to show number 356, and Ian is the I'm designated doing, mathematician well, here I, on the show. I'm doing the math here, and let's see. Let's see. Three, five, two, six. Carry the seven. It's exactly halfway to the 400. I know Nicely I'm, done. I, I know I'm going to make yeah. someone angry when I say this but 356 shows and no one has stepped in to try to stop stop this yeah yeah amazing i know that i know that really ticks that one guy off so that's why i keep we're we're following the acdc template where you just keep doing the same thing over and over again right yeah and and it's still and and, and they rock you know what i mean so there's nothing wrong with that for them it's brilliant for us we're still working on it so we'll (laughs) we'll uh, we'll let you know about that our program is all about craft beer fine spirits and hand-rolled cigars my name is cruz my co-host is ian barry and in between the two of us we welcome our uh, a good friend of the show and uh, beer nerd. It's okay if I if yeah, I describe sure. you as a beer Please nerd. Do, yeah. uh, welcome, Joel Swift. Thank nice you to guys. have you here Thank on you. on the program. By the way, it, just your last name reminds me. Like the greatest photo I saw last week was a photo from uh, a Philadelphia Eagles uh, football game, and the Philadelphia quarterback is a guy named Jalen Hurts. Travis Kelsey's brother. Uh, is on the Eagles, and then they have a running back whose name is Swift. And so the three guys were kind of walking one behind the other, and if you read the backs of their jersey, it says, Kelsey Hurts Swift. (laughs) And apparently the Swifties, Taylor's fans, got all up in arms oh, about funny. the whole thing. So, But it was like the greatest greatest photo I, I, I saw last week. That was that was good stuff. You can find it. Just search Kel, just search uh, Kelsey Hurts Swift on oh, the internet and you'll, you'll find it. Well, welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. As I said, it's number 356. And Joel, you got to know that we think a lot of you when we invited you on to what will probably be the least fun show we've ever done. Yeah, I like how you informed me of yeah, that as I walked right. in the door. <laughs> today, no advance notice. Today we'll be doing, uh, and we've been promising to do this or threatening to do it for a long time. Today it's, we'll it's be doing time. a non-alcoholic beer blind taste test. We have 10 non-alcoholic beers, some of which I have to say look like they might actually be really good. I don't know. I mean, just... Well, that's why we're tasting them, right? And and so before we get into that, I just want to mention that there's a couple of things that that you can find now, out. Now, just just so you know, before before you get too far into it, I did bring alcoholic beer as palate oh. cleansers for in between the. And I'm already about halfway through the first one you gave me, so and, and I thank you for that. Oh, and we'll also be tasting some tequila because. For God's sake, we're not going to do a non-alcoholic <laughs> spirit the week we do a non-alcoholic beer. So, uh, but what's going to be interesting, I think, and and people can monitor for this, is not only will we be, will we be telling you which ones of these non-alcoholic beers we think taste the best, but you also can follow along with us in the experience of is will this show be significantly less funny? 
because <laughs> you know by the time we get to drinking How news, will and, drinking news be? Yeah, exactly. It, it may be a big dud. Do we even care about drinking news today? <laughs> I don't know. We, we may really need drinking news today, is what I'm thinking. Uh, but anyway, it'll, it'll be interesting to to see how all this works. So we'll be tasting these, and it should be a lot of fun. Oh, and speaking of drinking news, let me give you our drinking news teaser headline because we are going to get to that in the uh, in the second hour of the show. Our drinking news teaser headline for today. Who you gonna call? All right. I thought you might break into Ghostbusters there. Just uh, <laughs> uh, at the end. Uh, close enough. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That, that worked. Uh, also, uh, also on so today's show, I had to go right off the top of my head. There. As we get into the holidays, uh, we're going to give you a holiday cocktail recipe. We're going to tell you how to make. A half-baked harvest. That's what the drink is called. A half-baked harvest. Yes. Are you familiar with this drink? I've never no, heard of so, this drink. So the, uh, I think I think you'll uh, I think you'll like that. I don't think it's a difficult drink to make. <clears throat> Found this and it, you know I thought you know holidays are upon us. Let's uh, let's do this. Speaking of the holidays, we got some good holiday shows coming up for you. Uh, we'll be doing. Um, on the show that airs on the 16th of December, Holiday Cocktails with our friend Chris Morris. Mm -hmm, that's going to be fun. On the show that airs on the 23rd, right before Christmas, uh, we'll be doing Christmas beers with our uh, former uh, producer and current uh, audio engineer in the sky, Adam Anderson, will join us here in studio to taste beers with us. So that'll, that'll be fun. And then uh, on the show that airs uh, on the 30th of December, our good friend and wine expert Mark Burrell will be here to Ooh, that'll uh, be fun. to share with us bubbly uh, bubbly wines for the holidays for New Year's. Apparently, Year. a little bit of a legend in the industry. I uh, <laughs> walked into a wine bar with my wife um, a couple nights ago. Yeah, sat at the bar immediately, like was looking at the bartender and was like, "I know you," and he's like, "I know you," and uh, come to find out, I used to teach him bass. Ah. When he was a much younger lad. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we got to talking about the show and everything. And I mentioned Mark Burrell. And he was like, oh, yeah, that guy's oh, yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I try to drop Mark's name when I'm at other restaurants. Just so they'll go. I, um, just so you know, I may call Mark Burrell to ask for a uh, a wine recommendation. That's right. Because I figure it puts them on their best behavior. You know, like, <laughs> then, then, they, they got to really try to impress me. Uh, but anyway, uh, Mark is uh, a lot of fun to have on the show, and we will look forward to having him on. So a, a lot of good holiday goodness here uh, coming up. Uh, we want to thank our uh, special guest from last week, Greg Doxakis, uh from Maison awesome. Ferran and Plantation Rum, and then Trey from the Rail Yard in Houston, yes. who was uh, also a lot of fun to have on. And we do want to do a show from over there, and we will at some point. Uh, I'm thinking you know, we, we do want to schedule a pipe show sometime soon. So maybe we do that. They, we do, we they got a patio. That, they yeah, got, they nice got patio. a nice patio. Yeah, maybe we can do that in January. That'll there be a go. lot of fun. All right. So uh, a lot of good stuff coming, including uh, tasting our tequila today, which is El Padrino, which, as Ian will be quick to point out, is Spanish for the Padrino. Yeah. And yes, so we'll, we'll be uh, trying. This is a uh, tequila añejo, and we'll be getting to that a little bit later on in the program. It has a garter belt on it. Yeah, I know. I'm not sure what that's for. I haven't thrown it at anybody, but uh, we'll, you know, 
We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll you see. You can see that in the picture. Uh, a right couple here. of other things to talk about. Uh, some cigars to watch for. Uh, we told you about the uh, the cocktail recipe, how to make a half-baked harvest. And, uh, oh, the craft beer advent calendars are coming out. So we want to we want to let you know about those so you can you know enjoy the holidays the way they were meant <laughs> to be enjoyed. Uh, so a lot of a lot of other things to talk about. Uh, we also want to talk cigars on the program as we uh, normally do. So this is the part where I ask you, uh, Ian, if you've smoked anything interesting this week. Uh, you know, I did. I just did. As a matter of fact, uh, I went by Casa this morning and <laughs> picked up a cigar. I picked up a Brick House Bricktoberfest. Dude, you really smoked a brick house this week? Bricktoberfest. Yeah, I didn't smoke Bricktoberfest. <laughs> Did you smoke a brick house this but week? But I as smoked well? a brick house uh, uh, Maduro Robusto. That oh, I'm going to be talking funny. about later on the show. Those are so. great, by the way. Yeah. The uh, yeah. appearance on this medium brown wrapper, veiny and oily, semi rustic, medium firmness with soft spots uh, on it. The pre light <laughs> sniff on this earthy and sweet leather and tobacco going on in there. Um, I know all cigars smell like tobacco, but this had that particular had, classic no, I know what tobacco you're saying. Yeah. No, note, totally, you know? totally. <laughs> I was getting I, a look from Joel. He's like, I, tobacco, huh? Yeah, but that's like liquor. When I tell you about when I tell you about my brick house, I use the same description for one of the, the you know, one of the things I was getting out of it. So it's just a rich kind of like a tobacco richness, right? Right, right. Yeah. Um the pre light draw on this. I used a punch, it had a light draw. Uh, I got a little slightly chemical and vegetal kind of note coming from it and um Mm. And then something goofed up on my thing, so I'm not sure what else I was going to say. Uh, and, and I think I got a little bit of tea leaf, and uh, uh, ooh, I'm trying to remember. That's good enough. The initial light on this spicy campfire and leather, big silky smoke, retrohale is spicy and sweet with wood. The first third of this, sweet and spicy with a backbone of wood and leather, notes of toast and cedar round out the profile. The retrohale is sweet and toasty with some spice, solid ash, good burn. Mm. Second third of this cigar, more toast and wood, leather and earth, sweet tea and woody notes weave throughout. The retrohale is sweet and toasty with a bit of spice. The last third of this, warm, meaty flavors kind of pick up here and thread their way into the palate along with the uh, the, 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 the leather and the earth and the tea and everything mm -hmm. else that I was getting in here. What what a great cigar, like, up to this point, especially. Um, the Retro Hill is sweet and woody, solid ash, good burn. This cigar comes in at $10. This is the Brickhouse Bricktoberfest. I had mm -hmm. never seen this before. Bricktoberfest. Comes in at $10. I love Brickhouse. I love this cigar. I get a solid six on this at $10. Oh, nice. I'm a, I'm a fan of uh, Brickhouse as well. Let me tell you about what I had the opportunity to smoke this week. It was the uh, J.C. Newman Brickhouse Maduro. Toro. So just their kind straight of standard, up. straight up Maduro. That is a uh, go-to for me. Actually, I made a mistake. I said Toro. It was actually the Robusto. The mm. Robusto was what I smoked. So in glancing at the internet for info about this cigar, I was able to discern that it's been pretty highly rated. So I was excited about uh, uh, getting started on this one. It's a very attractive cigar, as you'll see in the picture here. Not too rustic, not too smooth, with a rich, dark Maduro wrapper and a nicely configured cap. It looked, in other words... Delicious. Yeah. Uh, the Brickhouse uh, Maduro Robusto features a Brazilian Arapicara wrapper and uses Nicaraguan tobacco for the binder and the filler. And I picked up a bit of baking spice on the pre-light sniff, along with earth and chocolate. Very appealing. Had me excited about lighting this baby up. And uh, more the same on the cold draw as well uh, as a little bit of black pepper on the cold draw. Once I got the cigar lit and took the first puffs, I was happy to welcome back my long-lost friend, 
the Nicaraguan Pepper Blast. Ah. Uh, yeah, it was brief, but it was there. And then once it settled down, the brick house started to get really interesting. Notes of black coffee, earth, malted milk, and leather uh, were the highlights of the first third, along with the pepper, of course, which was most noticeable in the finish. I got a little worried about the burn, though, because it got a little crooked right away. I was just about to use my lighter to touch it up when it seemed to burn past the problem area. And even though it wasn't quite straight just yet, I decided to leave it alone and, and see what it could do on its own. May have been a mistake. Uh, flavors in the second third continued to morph. The uh, malt note became more chocolateish, like a great cup of hot mm -hmm. cocoa. Uh, and there was a nice balance of savory and sweet with the pepper playing well with the creamy smoothness of the chocolate malt. If the first third was medium bodied, the second third ramped up to a definite medium full. Uh, the burn, however, continued to be crooked. So I decided, and you'll see some of this in the photos here, I decided to go, I think it's right here. Mm -hmm. uh, I decided to go ahead and tend it since I was worried about it not allowing me to experience the full uh, flavor of the cigar. So I hit the slower burning spot with the lighter and then I went ahead and flicked off the ash and now I had a bit straighter burn at about the halfway point of the cigar. The hit from the lighter, though, made things a little harsh for a moment, but that did pass, and I was back to enjoying the complexity of the Brickhouse Maduro. By the final third, I got caramel, citrus, zest, and a note that can only be described as rich, aged tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, It's a good thing. Trust me. Uh, the burn never got quite right, but it was a bit better after the uh, tending. I did wind up hitting it with the lighter again, and it got harsh again for a bit, but eventually went back to a more pleasant smoke. Overall, I enjoyed the Brickhouse Maduro Robusto, but I found myself wondering how much better it might have been if I hadn't had to wrestle with the burn. Uh, I checked out a couple of reviews online. None of them mentioned any burn problems, so I'm hoping mine was an isolated issue. Still, the experience wasn't as relaxing and enjoyable as I'd hoped. I think we'll def I'll definitely grab another one of these and see if it performs right. any better. As it stands, great flavor, beautiful cigar, and kind of a pain in the ass. It's a 6 to $7 stick. If it costs more, I'd go really low on the rating. But at that price, I'll go ahead and give it a 4.5, and I'll hope that the next one smokes a little better. I have a feeling that it will. Man, I love that cigar. Absolutely. I've smoked many of those. All right, we got to take a break because we got some non-alcoholic beers to drink, friends. <laughs> I can see how excited both of you are. We'll be right back at Smoking and Toasting. <laughs> Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And, and paper towels. One, and paper <laughs> towels, yes. One thing that, you know, we, we've talked about this a little bit on the show, but normally, uh, uh, whenever we do a show, we don't start the tasting until we're a little ways in. And so we have a tendency to pour ourselves what we call show beers. And uh, Ian, Ian will bring them a lot of the time. Every now and then I will bring them. And they're really just things for us to taste and, uh, and not necessarily be a part of the show they're just for us to enjoy drinking and kind of getting into the you know, the spirit of the thing today we're not having a show beer we're having show beers no no plural. they're not even show beers today because we're doing a, a non-alcoholic blind taste test these right. are palate cleansers these oh, are alcoholic okay. beer palate cleansers that's that's pretty good when you're using the alcoholic uh, a beverage to cleanse the palate. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. So this will be we'll very. See interesting. if we really need to. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Be, the, these beers could be delicious. Now, seriously, they could be they wonderful. Could be. 
They just, you yeah. know, are going to be non-alcoholic. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't have started this uh, show beer as a pecan porter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you may be, you may be given. Uh, is that it? which pecan porter? Is that a five one two? Oh yeah. Oh, dude, you're giving these non-alcoholic beers some <laughs> stiff uh, competition <laughs> to live up to because that's a great beer. That's I'm, a fantastic. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Although I was already working on uh, the double yellow rose that you brought me. Speaking which, of double, have you ever had dude, a double pecan porter? Yes, it's. It, I, it's pretty outrageous. I don't know, it was a number of shows ago, but I remember bringing one of their special bottles mm -hmm. that was an imperial, I think, uh, pecan porter. The, they did the, they do them only seasonally, so it was that year's. Right. And wow, that was a good beer. But even just their regular five one two pecan porter out of the can is yeah. Is a if you see thing. that somewhere out, man, buy it mm -hmm. for sure. And I'm I'm drinking the Oktoberfest from New Magnolia. Oh, see, that's another great beer. Which we had is. that in our Oktoberfest blind taste test, if you recall, yes. mm -hmm. and it did. Uh, I want to say it did really, really well. Caramel malt. Oh, mm -hmm. that's a nice. wonderful thing. So uh, as we sip these really delicious beers, let's talk about the non-alcoholic beer blind taste test and how this is going to go down. We're going to start the uh, the taste test in the next segment. There will be three or four beers per segment. Um, They'll be poured for us. Terry, our mm -hmm. uh, our producing engineer, will pour these for us, and uh, he'll pass them to us. We won't know what they are. We'll taste them, and then we'll rank or rate the three or four beers that we just had, and pick which were our. We'll put them in order as to which so ones. So we'll were call our them A, B, C, D. Correct. Yes, and and that way we can say number one is right. And this is kind of important. I need you guys to really be fair about this because these are all different styles, right? So. Uh, if, for example, like my favorite style of beer is IPA, I can't just rate the IPA number one because I like IPAs. Only if it's really you really got to take it on its on right. its exactly. on its own. So there's stylistic merits. right. There's yes. going to be so there's going to be porters. There's going to be colches. There's going to be IPAs. There's going to be hazies. Uh, we'll have a little bit of everything in the mix. So you have to take. It really should be about how good a job did they do producing a tasty version of that style without the alcohol For that's sure. that's what the whole thing's about so we we have to promise to be a little bit but fair we won't necessarily that. know the style so we really just kind of have to taste it on right. you're gonna have to good, go on is on it taste. good beer yeah. you'll know obviously once we do the reveal uh but by then you'll have already ranked it we so, can yeah. also make a guess as to what style it is sure i i think that's fair fair enough if it's a are we changing the rules we, as we've we added well, a second level if it's if it's <laughs> something that, uh, this color it's probably not a colch I'm just maybe. saying. Maybe. Maybe. It could be a black Kolsch. Uh, is there a such a thing? I know there's black IPAs. Santo. Are there And black lagers. <laughs> are there black Kolsch's? St. Arnold invented, I believe, invented that style. Oh, well, that Santo. sounds yeah. fun. That's, what is Shiner Black? Do you Is is that a is that an That's ale? a black lager. That's, That's a, a black, black lager. Schwarzbier. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's a good beer, too. I haven't had one of those in a very long time. Yeah, All right. So we're going to take a break. And when we return, we start the tasting of the non-alcoholic brews. I can tell you're excited. I'm, you know, I'm getting a little more excited. Right. Yeah. See how this goes. We'll be right back. It's smoking and toasting. back my friends it's smoking and toasting our show is all about craft beer fine spirits and hand-rolled cigars we are excited to welcome you to show number 356 this is our uh non-alcoholic beer blind taste test we've been threatening to do this for over a year and we finally did it i just i'm gonna be honest about why it took this long it's because i just couldn't bear to walk into my neighborhood specs 
and buy a hundred dollars worth of non-alcoholic beer. I just couldn't do it, right? So I did it over time. Like I would go in for something else, and I'd add a six pack of a non-alcoholic beer. So this is we got what ten beers. This took weeks. You wear a trench coat and a yes. big sloppy yeah. hat. Okay. It reminds me. I always tell people this story uh, about. Uh, I almost felt like when I was checking out, I should say something. Uh, but it reminds me about the true story of my ex-wife when she would make sangria and buy the cheap jug wine. She would feel like she had to announce to the checkout clerk, "I'm making sangria," so the checkout clerk wouldn't think she was buying cheap jug wine <laughs> like it mattered uh anyway so we're excited about this though I, I we've never done this before we've done it with other other spirits and other beers but we've never done this with non-alcoholic beers and so we're going to get started in a moment before we do though you know when's the last time you were in vegas mm, it's been a few years same same for me it was it was last year for me uh well i'm excited to go back because since vegas is you know a city of excess right why have one monte cristo cigar bar when you can have two. They've opened oh. a new one in Paris, Las Vegas, and nice. it's apparently really nice. So I think nice. I think a road trip is called for, my friend. You know, there's a little cigar bar in the um oh what's what's the one right across from Paris? Uh, uh in the the Bellagio? Uh, yes. Yeah. There was uh there was a little cigar bar in the uh, Bellagio that was I apologize so... for knowing that right off the top of my head, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> that was so Tells nice. It was a, a weird something. thing because it was kinda open. Yeah, but like when you walked in that area, the noise, yeah. everything oh, just yeah, kind of yeah. stopped, and you were just in this perfect little island. And by the way, if you are, you know, a person of means, they have a restaurant right in the Bellagio that is a caviar specialty. <laughs> I highly recommend it if you have. I the bet means. that's cheap. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't have the means, so I haven't been. I've only walked by and went. Wow, one day. One, one day, day one day. <laughs> uh, all right, let's start this non-alcoholic beer blind taste test. Terry is doing the pouring today. He has already poured our first one. It has a uh, sort of a gold. Like a dark straw. Dark straw uh, thing to it. So this is um, beer A. We're going to do four beers in this segment. This is beer A. Are we commenting while we're going? I think so. I yeah. think we should. Yeah. This yeah. one smells like cat litter. Oh, so you're not starting off good. <laughs> it, has are you? A, it has a uric property Ooh, to you it. Should taste so, it. So you're talking about the the smell now. Have you tasted it yet? No, no. This is dank. I, I, but see, I dank is a word for it. I yes. can't unsmell that no. now that you've said it. Yeah, that's, it's, oh, it's, it's not. Yeah. It's not a good no. smell. Mm. I yeah. haven't tried it yet. Now, now I'm tasting it. Mm -hmm. That's that's West Coast your, IPA right there. Your thoughts, that's, yeah, sir. that's definitely trying to be a West Coast mm. IPA. Your thoughts, sir. Uh, so it's got a lot more nose than it has body. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, a, a ton of nose, and it's not a good nose. And remember, kind of thin. If you dislike all four of these, you still have to pick one that you think was the best. And 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 on down. In other words, you have to rank them. So the ranking could be. You know which one's the worst, and then you move backwards from there, or maybe one of these will be something that you really like. Maybe more than one of them will. But I agree with you on this one. I can't get the thanks to your uh, app no, description. A, I can't get that out of my mind. I'm now. sipping it. There's a flavor in there that I can't place. It's like I don't know what it is yet. I'll come up with it pretty soon. Your thoughts, Joel? Well, a lot of breweries are are uh, brewing up hop water these days. Now yeah. I've. Ian brought in the hop water. Was it Lagunitas? Lagunitas, yeah. That mm -hmm. stuff was delicious. Did you feel like it had body? No, it right. was it was very yeah. thin. It was more like a seltzer in terms of its body. No, but it was it delicious and refreshing. But it was, yeah, it was really good. It was. I was surprised actually at how much I liked it. 
And are, uh, are you are you suggesting that the alcohol gives it body? Uh, no, not necessarily. Because the alcohol has given me a body. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> indeed, you have a Correct. point, sir. Uh, I'm like not. It. I'm not crazy about this one. Whatever it is, no, I'm not crazy about it. So, I like mm. those West Coast hops. I like that. That's a little dank. It's funky. It is a little dank, but there's something about the dankness that is calling up a flavor that I'm not crazy about. Mm. So. Well, Let's, this, this is different. This this me. next one is very different. It made me sneeze. Okay, too. this you. one. This, this one is malt. Almost the same color, but very malty smell. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. At least it has a more pleasant aroma on the nose as we start. So that's a good thing. A little more body. Um, a little more beer tasting mm-hmm. to me. Like it's got just that little bit, maybe a little bit of malt. When you visit a brewery. When Excuse they're me. brewing, yeah. this is what the brew house smells like. Right, that, I agree. That that gives it agreed. a, a and I kind of like it because of that. Right, a hundred percent. Even though it's not the best straight up beer flavor, I think I kind of like it because of that. This it one reminds is... you of actual beer. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree with you. I would say I like this one. Um, well, we've only had two, but I, I would say I like this one the best so far. At so. what point do we blend them and have our own personalized blend that we actually? <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna say when you get drunk enough, but might take a while. Um, yeah, I'm trying to figure out what style this is supposed to be. Is this is this maybe a Marzen or is it a? I would think so. Something malt forward. Yeah, it's it's malt forward. An October festish, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I could see that. Yeah, definitely not. I would I would say it's probably a lager, not an ale, but I don't know. Could be wrong. How do you how do you classify that when this one's much more drinkable than the last one? The difference between a lager and an ale is how it's fermented, right? Whether right. it's bottom or top. So right, and it's going to give you those. An ale's going to give you those esters, right? If it's it hasn't you that fruit, yeah. So if it hasn't been fermented, how do you know which one it is? So they can Esther, add... wasn't that the lady from All in the Family? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a showstopper. I, I love that. Say, I will TV say trivia. Yeah, <laughs> I will say that I actually kind of like this one. Well, I think like, on Esther was from Sanford. I, and this Son. one's actually drinkable. Mm-hmm. If that was passed out at the party, you. Uh, you know, I could, uh, I could. Okay, so now here comes the Kolsch. This one's so for, this uh, is the uh, darker, yeah, bodied. Yeah, uh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here we go. Uh, let's see what we got here. Hmm. Mm. Mm. Ah, the finish on that is a little tannic. Your thoughts in. You're right about the finish. Um, yeah, agreed. The upfront is actually kind of tasty. You'd have to just keep drinking this to to stave off the aftertaste. <laughs> and 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 stave off, you know. Uh, Although just, it's, you're not it's, not, off sobriety, it's not brutal. <laughs> no, I, I definitely like it better than the first one. It's got that sort of coffee porter quality to it from a taste standpoint, and that goes a long way towards it not tasting like a sort of a cheap beer. It actually, knockoff. smells pretty good. I agree. Yeah, yeah. You get I get chocolate coffee, mm-hmm. like you said. Not crazy about the finish. Almost like an espresso. Um, vibe to the coffee i i like this one it's drinkable yeah i think the second one was a little more drinkable probably going on my favorite list right now okay 
All right, so those are the first. That's A, B, and C. And now we will have a D in this segment. The other segments will only be three apiece. But here is non-alcoholic beer D. They all have kind of that dark gold thing going on when they're... Well, if they're super light in color, you're not going to get any flavor from it. Right. That's true. And you wonder if they have to add... See, this one I think is trying to be an IPA as well. You wonder if they have to add color to make it look like the beer that it's... The the alcoholic version of the beer that it is. Very likely true. Uh, so, question. You yeah. said that you spent some time, and either we were joking about it, but you spent some time acquiring these. Yes, it took a while. How old is the oldest one? And is it an IPA oh, style? It, it, it's probably... From the time I purchased it, probably not more than three months. Seriously, okay. I've done this over the last little while because I didn't want to stretch it out over a year, you know. Because especially the IPA styles, you want them to be somewhat fresh, right? And three three months is usually when those beers go out of code. Mm -hmm. So they and these are, I mean, these are real hops, right? Hops don't contribute. Right. They to, are real hops to the alcohol at all. So. Having these sit on the shelf at home or on at the store yeah. means that they're going to age. I don't know how long they were on the shelf at the store. Could be a long time because I don't know how well these sell, right? <laughs> Obviously, you know the stores are going to are going to stock them because every article you read about beer says this is the new thing. Non-alcoholic beers are gaining traction. Uh, I, I didn't really <laughs> okay. see Well, considering 10 years ago, there was three of them. You are, right. Was it that... <laughs> Yeah. You know, non-alcoholic St. Polly girl, and there was there was Caliber. Cal oh yeah, Caliber. and there was. I don't uh, think we have Caliber in the mix today, but O'Doul's. O'Doul's, yes, and Classic. that was a very skunky uh, non-alcoholic beer. I think they were going for a Heineken esque. I think thing. they were. I think they were. What's your thoughts we on? We had to add the skunk in. What's your thoughts on beer D? Mm. Melon in the finish. Um. This tastes a little more like the hop water ones that we've tried. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's super thin. Like, that thinness is almost distracting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's almost distracting. It's so thin. It's so thin. It's a, okay. It's like, you know, that first squirt of mustard when you have it mixed sure. it up. It's right. kind of like, sure. damn it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't oh, shake it. That's mustard water. That is gross. Yeah. That is just gross. And I'm a guy that likes mustard on just about everything. Well, so I, don't, I, I will tell you, out of all of these... Um, well, now's the part, the time where we we give our, our rankings. So uh, so let's just let's just figure out which ones we liked best or worst, and go whichever direction you want to go from there. But with one that being was pretty easy for me. With one being your favorite, tell me. Zifion is yeah. ringing. Yeah, I, my apologies. I, I shut that down. I mean, this one is amazing. Um, so that was the that That's was the pecan C. porter. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah. you just described one yeah. of these as amazing. You went a step beyond where I was willing to go. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, and I will say out of the four, though, uh, the best things we said were drinkable. We n none of these did we say, I really like this, right? At least so yeah, far. Yeah, it's so. Okay, I'm gonna start with B. Okay, B was the malty one, mm -hmm. uh, a little bit. Lighter in color, but still kind of what I'd call a straw color. Um, and uh, just the one I guess is kind of a Marzen. It's the more malty mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. nose. This is probably the most drinkable one, I think. Uh, so that'd be your number one. So B would be If your I had one. a beer that tastes like this, I'd be okay with it. Number two? Number two would be the um, the one I guessed is a porter. 
Okay, so that was C. That was C, yes. Mm -hmm. So you went B, C. The last one we just tried, the uh, I think it's a like a hoppy lager of some sort. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, super thin. That would be the third best one. And then my least favorite out of those was the very first one because it just still smells like cat litter to me. I will mention <laughs> that I ranked Used them exactly oh. the same. Did you really? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I thought B, C, D, A. Yes. And there was actually a big difference between B, C, D, and A. If I could, you know, out of one through four, if I could have rated A at like six or seven, I probably would have. Yeah, I, I hear you. What about you, Joel? Oh, my goodness. Oh. Now look what's happening. Oh, my goodness. Are you going to come in and just uh, like no, no. knock us all out of no, the park? No, I, I agree. I think B is probably the most drinkable. It's the one that reminds me most of beer. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> I, I actually like the nose on those IPAs, though. And you guys don't really like the nose. No. So, are you talking A? A and D, both A and so D. So, if B is your number one, what's your number two? I would probably go with A. A. B so this A is the one C D. Ian and I did not like at all the cat litter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So B A C D. Yeah. So interesting. One of the most interesting things that just happened here is that Ian and I actually agreed on mm -hmm. uh, on the ranking on these because usually. No. We'll be off on some on somewhere from each other. But that is absolutely fascinating. Well, that's just four of the ten non-alcoholic beers. Let's see, Terry, All right. what we have. A, which was your second, second. favorite, Joel. Mm -hmm. uh, Ian and I both ranked it last. That is... Nada. Nada. It is uh, a non-alcoholic craft beer. It is an IPA uh, using Mosaic, Sabro, and Simcoe. Hops and it's from Community Brewing. Okay. Okay. It's a nice name, so, Nada. Yeah. Now, what's interesting? Most of the beers that you're gonna that we're gonna have on the show today are from reputable craft breweries of one sort or another. Uh, B, which Ian and I both uh, ranked as number one. Where did you hit number B? two? Number two uh, was from Brooklyn Brewery. It was their non-alcoholic non special effects hoppy amber beer. Hmm. It's not hoppy. You no, know, it really isn't. It's I think more, they missed yeah, it on the name, but the, it's, the it's liquid's okay. Amber. Yeah, it's it's more uh, uh, it's more malty. Uh, C, which was the darker colored one, uh, was Black Butte, the non-alcoholic from Deschutes uh, Brewery, uh, which is uh, they're from Fort, uh, from uh, Bend, Oregon. Um, their Black Butte Porter is. Fantastic! Uh, yeah. A really, really good porter. So this that's a, is their that's a staple non-alcoholic version of that. Ian and I picked that uh, both as number two. Where did it come oh, that, in on sorry, that was my number. That was my number two. That was your number two. Or as Beavis and Butthead uh, would have said, but but <laughs> uh, number D, which I ranked third, Ian ranked third, uh, and you ranked last. third, was Lagunitas IPN. Hey, and they're you know, non-alcoholic IPA. You called it on that. They were trying to be an IPA on that. I heard <laughs> yep. you say that as mm -hmm. I was uh, as uh, as I was thinking about Full IPA. Flavored hop forward. I would think that um, I would. I might like this one better if it were just ice cold, right? If it were. Just, I mean, if you if you had that one and you put maybe a shot of whiskey in it. <laughs> that could happen. Or just a shot of <laughs> shot of beer. A shot of beer. We'll be doing a little tequila <laughs> later on in the show, but for right now, we got to uh, take a break and and, uh, and come back. So round one is done, and in the books, we have more non-alcoholic uh, beers coming up. It's smoking and toasting.
Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, uh, non-alcoholic or alcoholic, uh, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. It'd be like, I wonder if they've made uh, cigars without tobacco, like tobacco-free cigars. Would that be a thing? <laughs> like, what, what would you, <laughs> what would you <laughs> smell? Tobacco-free <laughs> So uh, we've done the Cigar first- Cigar vape? Yeah. That does not sound good. It does not sound good. Everyone forget I ever the said that. Yeah, please. Yeah, <laughs> if, if anyone ever brings that up again, I'm denying it. I'd like to point out, not only did he say cigar vape, but he's the one who said kitty litter about that first yeah. beer. And we can't untaste that no. now. Uh, except for uh, Joel, who seemed to... Uh, it wasn't. I like it, cats. I'm a cat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my dog likes the kitty litter, too. <laughs> yeah, well, Like on Edna, really? when they peed on the sandwiches in vacation, and she's like, eh, it's yeah. my dog. <laughs> I will say that this reminds me, uh, to some degree... Of when we did the um, hard seltzer blind taste test. And the reason it reminds me is because with the hard seltzers, I was looking for any seltzer that did not have that strong artificial sweetener oh, yeah. aftertaste, right? The, those were the ones we liked the mm -hmm. best, were the ones where that was minimized. And with this, it's kind of the same thing. Like, which one doesn't have that sort of artificialness to it? I realize they aren't artificial, they're just without alcohol, but. Still, there's something missing to the flavor. I'm not talking about, you know, can I get a little buzz from it? Just to the flavor part yeah. of it, uh, from all of them. And the one that I picked as number one was the one where that was least noticeable, in my uh, opinion, to the palate. So, well, how do they how do they do it without the alcohol? How do they make that? I, th I think it's a different process. Uh, for, you know, they, it's not always the same process. Okay. So I mean, it's got to be a faster process. And then remove it. That's what did they yeah. remove it or did they? <laughs> I don't think they remove it. I think it's they... it's got to be a faster process. So you... Uh, well, you don't have to ferment it. For yeah. Well, you don't have to ferment it. So there's, there's less mm -hmm. sugar extraction then, right? Because you don't want it to be super sweet. Right. But you still want the flavor from it. So I, I don't really know what you but, do with the mash on that. Interesting. But in, for our uh, palate cleanser, as it were... Poured us, uh, you know, these little cups of the uh, 512 brewing out of Pecan Austin, Texas. Porter, yes. Pecan Porter, when I go back to that, that tastes real yeah. compared mm -hmm. to the non-alcoholic beers. You know, what, you know what I mean by mm -hmm. that? Like, it seems like everything's there. It tastes the way it's supposed to taste. The others feel like they're trying to taste like something. Like Diet Coke. Trying right. to yeah. taste like. Well, and yeah. I will say this, as somebody who, uh, you know, I, I don't drink nearly as much of it as I used to, but I used to drink a lot of Diet Soda. You do get used to that taste, you know. After a while, it doesn't bother you the yeah. artificial sweetener taste in the diet soda. Whereas when you first start, it, it yeah, it's you know, pretty noticeable. I used pretty to prevalent. drink a lot of soda, and when it came down to the point where I either was going to have to just start drinking diet soda or or nothing, yeah. I, I literally chose nothing. Yeah, my, I, I just my, can't do it. My friend Dave, who's been a guest here on the show. Uh, from the caffeine of the uh, of the uh, sodas, diet sodas, he's uh, he's like I am. He likes diet Dr Pepper, uh, and uh, but the caffeine gets him a little hyped up. So his wife will actually tell him if they're at like a party or something. She'll she actually tell him uh, if he's drinking diet Dr Pepper, she'd be like, "You're cut off. Have a beer." <laughs> That's real. She actually does that. <laughs> the so. struggle is real. <laughs> That's absolutely right. So I think it was very interesting, very revealing, actually, that um, that first tasting of four. Let me ask you this. Do you expect we will find one we like better? 
Do you think maybe we have it? Maybe. I mean, we've got we've got six more to go, and there's one in there that I've had before. Right. And you have said to me that it was pretty good. Yes. And so, so I'll put that out there. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll look forward to, uh, to that one coming up. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a little skeptical as well, but we will get to that. We'll also get to some drinking news. Uh, we have a few stories we want to tell you about, including uh, the fact that cigar imports are down a little bit from last year. Cigar uh, imports have been like on this upward trajectory, and they're not like way off, but they're definitely down a little bit from last year. So we'll give you some of the uh, facts and the numbers uh, about that. And, uh, of course... <clears throat> We will bring you drinking news drinking coming news up in the next up. hour. For those of you who are at uh, uh, radio stations that only carry the first hour of the show, we bid you a fond farewell and remind you that you can hear the rest of it uh, online. You can find it at uh, uh, YouTube. It's also on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, any place uh, that has podcasts, you can always check out the second hour of the show because I know you want to know which one of these non-alcoholic beers winds up being the best. And we won't <laughs> reveal that until the end of the show after we've tried the rest of them. So, uh, But thank you for uh, being with us. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our second hour uh, begins and sends us careening towards drinking news. And it's all coming up right here. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And today is uh, very much about non-alcoholic beer. Now, I want to mention that non-alcoholic beer has been getting a lot of uh, press exposure as being like one of the growing areas. And, and a lot of craft breweries have felt like, you know, just like the, the time arrived where almost all of them thought, oh, geez, we got to have an IPA. Uh, these days they're all thinking, oh, wow, we got to have a non-alcoholic beer. And so some of the breweries, I mean, we've already seen uh, Brooklyn Brewery and several other like very reputable shoots, very reputable breweries. These are our breweries where I would tell you we like most everything we've sampled from these guys. And yet, we were talking about this during the break. It's hard to not feel like there's a little bit of something missing mm -hmm. in the and not just the alcohol. We're talking about missing in the taste uh, department. Right. We kind of decided that it's not it's not beer, and it maybe shouldn't be judged as beer. So you right? were saying to me during the break that maybe your uh, expectations, maybe you set the bar too high. I think so, or just too just just wrong. Right. Too just realistic. Well, yeah. It's so you not, were expecting it, the IPA to be more like, it's like it's an like, alcoholic it's IPA, like but just without the alcohol? Judging how realistic an anime is, maybe. Well, that's yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't think it's the alcohol necessarily the, that's yeah. changing the profile, the, the flavor profile. The eyes seem to be a little large. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. All right, so here comes beer A for I segment think, two. I think we can tell what this is just yeah, by looking I, at I, it. I think... And by smelling it, too, because this is a familiar uh, smell. All right, yeah. So I'm going to tell you, this tastes pretty good. Out of everything else we've tried, this is straight up boing. Mm-hmm. And pretty. And boing-oing, even. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's nice. Yeah, so chocolate roast, a little sour. Yeah. This little is the one. Now, I've tried this Guinness before. Uh, when it first came out, so you're saying this is most likely the Guinness non-alcoholic? Oh, non this is undoubtedly the Guinness okay. non-alcoholic. Um, I've tried it before, and um, me and my wife happened to be at Specs and saw it, and she was like, oh, I definitely want to try that. I was like, pick it up. And we also picked up at the same time a four-pack of the 
the Guinness draft. regular Guinness draft, draft yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and uh, and tried them like right next to each other. They're real similar. I don't know if you handed me one without telling me how aware I'd be that it's a non-alcoholic. Interesting. It's pretty amazing. Actually. So this w- then would be what all non-alcoholic beers would be aspiring to, whether it's an IPA or a Kolsch or a, a, a lager or a, a porter like this. Like if is, you can achieve this amount of, like, this is a good beverage. Right. And you know what the interesting thing about Guinness is they don't have gazillions of beers in their lineup. You know, they are, they do make harp uh, and they've oh, got. They have uh, a few outliers. Like yeah. they made an American uh, lager and a few other things. Right. But it's um, not like, it's not like you go to the Guinness brewery and they've got the big chalkboard with 16 different right, styles right. of beer on it. Right. They, uh, they kind of. Major importers, <laughs> and well, and they're 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 or, they're stouts. stout, yeah, stouts. That, I guess that stout is a very particular stout. Like mm-hmm. most stouts, don't taste like that stout. Well, this That's is low pretty, in alcohol to begin with. I will yeah, just I will just say this three is and a half percent to begin with, right? Yeah, right, right. So they didn't have much to take out <laughs> right. in this case, but this is pretty good. Yeah, it is pretty good. Yeah, a lot of people. This has a much more pleasant. This uh, next one we just got has a much more pleasant hop. I just wanted to, to mention before we get too far away from Guinness that. A lot of people who haven't really tried Guinness are expecting it to be big, and right. it's not. It's even uh, it's even a thinner mouthfeel than what you expect from most stouts. And nothing nothing was artificial about that one. Not there was thing. nothing artificial yeah. about that yeah. one or missing. I wonder if you can do the perfect pour of a non-alcoholic Guinness the way that the bartenders yeah. who do the real perfect pour of, of regular Guinness do. I'll bet you so. can. Look at the look at the. Lacing on the yeah, on this. oh I know, it's, yeah, it's pretty impressive. It had the little, uh, it had the. I thought that was going to give it away when I did it because it had the little uh, ball in the bottle. Oh, that, it had the little yeah, nitro thing. Yeah. Interesting. So beer B, uh, Ian, you said you liked the nose on this. So beer B, the hop nose on this is much yeah. more pleasant than any of the ones we had in the first. Definitely round. more so than the kitty litter. Um, uh, the nose, the flavor on this is actually pretty decent. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's 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 um. It's fruity in the way Actually, that, like, yeah. it is fruity. fruity in the nose. Yeah, yeah very sure. fruity. It's very fruity, almost um, fruit juice kind of fruitiness to it. But it's it but really in does IPA citrus. It captures kind of way. the the hazy IPA style yeah. that I think they're going for. I, I'm going to say this one's pretty good. So this is two in a row now that I've actually really liked. I don't know. Is that hazy or is it juicy? It's a little. Hard. I would call that juicy. Yeah. Juicy. Mm-hmm. See, see, that's why we bring the expert on. Mm-hmm. So All that's right. actually pretty drinkable. Too. I would totally drink that. I would drink either of these two. At a, I would literally take a six pack of these to a party. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think I'm going up on that one a little bit. Okay, and see that has more mouthfeel too. It's, yeah, it's, it's a little body. bigger. Yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. got some body to it. All right, so uh, we can hear something being opened, and beer C is going to be on its way to us momentarily from uh, Terry, who is not only you know. Engineering producing the show today, but he's also our bartender. He's doing the pouring. So thank you. Uh, <laughs> and suffering through the taste. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. Although the, these, see, these last two were more along the lines of what I expected this tasting to be. I was sure there were going to be a few that we thought were not that yeah, great. I agree 100%. But I was expecting more, and we didn't really get this in the first batch. I was expecting more of them to rise to maybe the standard of those last two. Uh, so it'll be really interesting to see what this one is. This is beer C of our second beer segment. It's very pretty. I'm not getting too much it's on not, the nose. There's so a getting... super gentle like dankness yeah. on the nose, and mm-hmm. it's, it's, which could be good. It could be good. I mean, you got to look for it. Mm-hmm. 
I have to say, you're right. I liked that last one. That last fruity one. Wow. So this has a little bit of hop bitter on the finish, which most of them have not really had. And I will say mm. what I like about that is that it keeps it from having that. I keep using the word artificial. It may not be the right word, but it keeps it from having as much of that something's missing from the flavor of mm -hmm. this because you get that hop bitter crispness. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if you'll like this, Ian, because you're not as big a fan of hop bitter. I don't hate this one. <laughs> I think it's pretty this good. This one at least tastes like a beer. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, this whole round has been far superior yeah. to the first round, I think, in general. I think any of these three would have won round one, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. Probably and I'm just so, randomly yeah. picking them out of the bag, too. I'm, I'm going back to my number one from last round to see. Which was beer B, yeah. right? Which was which was the uh, yeah the Brooklyn mm -hmm, right, which to me tastes a little unfinished, especially <laughs> after trying these three. So I'm going to say that we are essentially in agreement that any of the three from this segment would have won segment one, even the I one will that, yeah. rank third out of the three. So speaking of the rankings, Ian, how do you uh, how do you in stack order? Them? So you're saying one, two, three, one, two, three. The Guinness number one, uh, the juicy. <laughs> um, Fruity hoppy one number two and the third one also drinkable but not not, not quite as not quite as uh, but how about you I'm going with the with B there is my number one that mm -hmm. fruity it's got body that these these other beers are just missing mm -hmm. and so that's something that I look for in a beer so that's so, your number one yeah what and then Guinness two? and the number whatever the so you're saying uh, B, -A B A C and that's exactly how I rank them mm -hmm. I really liked that uh, beer. Uh, B the Agreed. the sort of uh, fruity hazy the juicy uh, IPA, thing, yeah. uh, but that that first one which we're all kind of acknowledging is Guinness. Uh, that's pretty hard to beat. I mean, would easily easily have beaten. I think most oh. anything else we would now there's the caveat. Is. There's the caveat that you got to like a stout too. True, and a lot of people are not that's, fans that's not of stouts. Style. But I will say that if you're if you're judging this on how close it is to an actual beer. I think that one is is probably top. So, heard of Coke Zero? Yeah, this, this is, is Guinness Zero. That's right. All right, so this is beer A, which we uh, yeah, I mean there's no doubt. Obviously, non-alcoholic draft contains less than zero point five percent alcohol by volume. Uh, yep, it even looks like a Guinness, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that is beer A. Beer B, which both Joel and I really really liked, was, was Sam Adams. Uh, well, just the Haze. Sam Adams. They ought yeah, to know what they're was. doing. Yes, called just the haze. It says hazy, juicy, and refreshing. Yes, so that, so was, that was, was hazy and good. juicy. Yeah. So and and again, we we're talking here about two breweries. That really know what they're doing when it comes yeah. to and beer, have the right? R and D budget to experiment. Uh, and really, that, you know, that's yeah. that's interesting that got, you bring that up because I hadn't point. really thought about that. There's certainly more money at Sam Adams than there is at Deschutes, for example. For sure. Even though that's a very very good brewery. Well, I'm sure if there's R and D involved. <laughs> this is why the local breweries aren't messing with this because how many batches of this would you have to make to even come to up with To get one that would that would yeah. be drinkable. Yeah. And frankly, we're still reeling from the whole seltzer experiment, yeah. right? That lasted uh, for I mean, about, uh, you know, for a good but summer. But there's still gazillions yeah. of them in, in the stores. Fewer these days, yeah. way fewer. Are you seeing less shelf space given to the seltzers? 100%. Big time. That's really good. I, I'm always, I always crack up when I see like a big, you know, beefy guy 
drinking like a a, a, a truly the skinny king, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> but but I do see that uh, more often than you might think. All right, so we uh, we liked both of those. We also all kind of liked C, even Agreed. though all three of us. Rated it third out of the batch, and C was Athletic Brewing Company Run Wild IPA. So I've this, seen this is really interesting because this is one of the only companies that actually frames this as if you're exercising, if you're you know, if you're uh, working out, if you're uh, running, whatever. That this is one you can drink, and it's not gonna like give you the same calories and carbs and all, all that kind of stuff. So at the, I actually call it Athletic Brewing Company. It's 65 calories per can, and it is 14 grams of carbs, which is more than a Miller Lite, by the way, but mm. still not uh, mm. not terribly high. That's I feel like carbs carry flavor. The Sam Adams is 98 calories. So interesting. That's... Uh, a little more caloric. What does it say on the Guinness? How much the calories are for that? Might be why we like that one so much. Could be sixty. Sixty. So it's actually the lowest of the three. Really? Yeah. <laughs> lowest calories of the three. And it's a bigger can. Is that? Is that? Is that <laughs> no, the I, whole can or is that? No, the serving? serving size is twelve. So, okay. but the can is sixty yeah. or fourteen nine. Fine. So that's fascinating. Still, it, wow. Yeah. Well, it's, it could, these could be. Can could be the serving size. So if you're thirteen point five carbs in it, though, yeah, a little bit bigger on the carbs. Well, I will say all three of these I think are very drinkable, uh, which I would only have said that about maybe one of the first batch, you know, uh, as being they were somewhat drinkable, but maybe not as much. So, <clears throat> could it be that our first, second, and third beer, when this is all done, will all come from this segment. That would be, <laughs> that would be kind of funny. It would be very interesting to see. Well, we do have one more segment, which we'll be getting to uh, here in a little bit. We also have uh, drinking news coming up, and uh, there's still more stuff we were hoping to get to today. But uh, it's taken a lot of time to to try these non-alcoholic mm-hmm. beers. And and I I don't know that I feel like it's time well spent, but this is <laughs> this is what we do. We do this so you don't have to, right? <laughs> At the very That's least, right. you know that if you need to bring some non-alcoholic beer, if you're the designated driver, but you still wanted to have the a beer, or you got someone coming to your uh, party that doesn't drink, but they, uh, you know, like the taste of beer. At least we can guide you to some things that all of us thought were pretty good. That's that's what we're hoping. True that. So, so, all right, Terry. I don't know where we are in terms of time. Is it about time? Thirty to take seconds. A break? Okay, yeah. so we'll uh, we'll wrap this up momentarily, and we'll take a break. One more round of tasting to go, and of course our uh, our drinking news segment, which is coming up, and our drinking news uh, teaser headline. If you remember for today was, "Who you gonna call?" We'll get to that momentarily. It's smoking a toast, and we'll be right back. Welcome back, my friends. There we go. That one. <laughs> Welcome back. It's smoking. It just sometimes things are worth it. things are worth waiting for, particularly, particularly when you're you're pouring the tequila for the non-alcoholic beer show. That is worth waiting for. I'm telling you. It's important. Uh, while Ian is uh, pouring a non-alcoholic beer with a tequila back. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> while Ian is pouring the uh, tequila back, uh, let me tell you about our uh, cocktail. I promised to uh, bring you in on. It's called the Half Baked Harvest. Half Baked. 
Harvest. And it is a uh, uh, the, the recipe was actually presented by Jack Daniels. So they call for a Jack Daniels bonded whiskey. We'll deal with that in a minute. This uh, uh, this cocktail was created by a bartender from Las Vegas named Alex Pinalosa. And he was inspired by the fragrances of autumn, including fresh pine, stewed berries and baking spices. Uh, Jack Daniels bonded whiskey, which, as Ian said, is quite good. It's, good. Uh, it's an oak forward spirit with notes of caramel, vanilla and maple. So it has that sort of autumnal uh, vibe to some of the uh, to some of the flavors, and uh, it blends perfectly with the sweet jam, allspice, and pine. So let me give you the ingredients: two ounces of the whiskey. Use Jack Daniel's bonded or something that has similar characteristics. I have that at home. <laughs> a large, yes, you do, because you you went and bought it after we <laughs> did that Imme- show. Didn't that's you? right. Immediately yeah, after we did yeah. that show, smoking and toasting directly influencing that's sales. Right. That's right. I'm just telling you. Uh, two ounces of the uh, of the whiskey. A large spoon of fig marmalade. A dash of pine resin oil, a pinch of sea salt, uh, three quarters of an ounce of fresh lemon juice, an orange peel for garnish. And you can look this up. It is in uh, LasVegasWeekly.com. It's called the Half-Baked Harvest. You mix all of that together, garnish with the uh, orange peel, and you get uh, a delicious whiskey-based uh, cocktail. to try that. You know, it has a lot of <laughs> vanilla and, and caramel in it. Yeah, and very holiday-ish, right? This tequila has a lot of vanilla. Oh, and well, let's talk in it. about this. I haven't done this tasting yet. Although, like, mm. holy cow, this is good. Although, well, do you think it's better because we've been doing the non alcoholic beers? <laughs> do you think we're going, oh my God, this I tequila? I days. Dang, that cracker's good. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I don't know. but it's the uh, best cracker oh, I've ever had. It is really great on the nose, though. You're, you're so right. But I, I think my senses are going. So what's funny is on the nose, there's a little pepperiness to it that doesn't even show up on the palate until the aftertaste. I was going to say, I get pepper on the finish, though. Oh, yeah. Mm. You do. But you're right. There is vanilla, which is one of it my is favorite sweet. notes in a tequila. Yeah. Wow. It is sweet. There's a little powdered sugary kind of note to it as well that's mm-hmm. like delicious in there. And you weren't El- choking about black pepper. That is all up in your on face. On the right? finish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big deal. Yeah. This is El Padrino, which, as we pointed out earlier, is Spanish for... The Padrino, mm-hmm. and it is a uh, a reasonably priced. Uh, I think this is in the neighborhood of forty bucks. That's oh wow, pretty, pretty darn that's good. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's that's like I bet this makes a great mixer as well because it's got some boldness to it, especially mm-hmm. in the aftertaste. But now, normally I would say vanilla. normally I would say don't waste your añejo tequila in a margarita because a reposado or a blanco will do. But in the case of this, this might make a damn good part. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's got that boldness in, <laughs> right. the, in the flavor. Uh, when you have when you have the ones that are so mild and and, and which is yeah. a lot of the onion houses that I that I really like, right. have, I have that characteristic to them. They've got the vanilla and the maple and the uh, you know those kind of flavors, but they are less bold than say a blanco or a, a right. reposado. So, I usually when I make margaritas I use the Elamo reposado mm-hmm. tequila. It's kind of like I found it to be about the right balance the right spot. for for having enough boldness but having still mm-hmm. uh, some other flavor and you can get it at a reasonable price still yeah. which is nice. But uh, but this would this would actually make some great margaritas. Um I'm willing to bet that would make it just like a nice fresh made margarita right there. Mm. I'll tell you what else it does. Provides a really nice palate cleanse for the non-alcoholic beer show. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I may have you fill this cup again, sir, when we are uh, in the break. Because when we come back from the break, our final round of non-alcoholic beers and 
Drinking news. We'll be Ooh, right back. News. It's smoking and toasting. Oh, welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. I love those. Things. And in our last segment, we tried this tequila, the El Padrino Añejo, which is really good. But it, after having the non-alcoholic beers, it reminds me of that uh, segment on an old episode of The Simpsons where Kent Brockman, the Action News anchor, remember he was voiced. Uh, yes, he wasn't he voiced <laughs> by uh, 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 the late. Uh, uh, the guy who was on Saturday Night Live. Oh his no, name is he Phil wasn't Hartman. Phil Hartman on that one. He wasn't I don't Phil think. I, I don't think that one was Phil Hartman. Yeah, Kim anyway, Hartman. Yeah. And during the uh, during the newscast, he's reporting on something I don't remember what, but he reaches down below the newscast desk, oh, grabs yeah, a bottle of something, yeah. and slur, you know, <laughs> gulp, 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 and then he goes. Ah, uh, sweet liquor eases the pain. Yeah, I think he just—I yeah. think he yeah. just reported on a plane crash or something. Yeah. I don't remember. Anyway, but that's—that's kind of how I feel drinking this tequila uh, after we did the uh, after we did the non-alcoholic beers. There are more non-alcoholic beers on the way, but first, it's time for the story that we bring you each week, where we promise you that it may or may not be about drinking, but it is Uh-oh. always best enjoyed if you've been drinking. So that's why we had to do the tequila in the previous segment before we got to uh, drinking news. Just <laughs> I seem to, to have gone slightly. Just to be sure. You ready? Ooh, hold Ooh. on. Ouch. Wow, that, 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 that doesn't sound like your ukulele at all. <laughs> Everything went very sharp suddenly. Yeah. It's all tuned. Kind of like the guitar player on one of those bumper uh, songs that we use. It's just a little sharp. I don't know what I don't know what it is about it. Uh, drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for our drinking news, drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Just like to point out, Joel, that that was the most Florida sounding how to take my gator to the vet we've done we've had yet. That, that was, was pretty amazing. I was very I'm from Oklahoma. Yeah, Florida panhandle. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh the Florida panhandle, the Redneck Riviera, that's where people from Oklahoma go to uh, the, go to the beach, Riviera. right? Yeah, that's totally it. That's totally it. Well, today's story on drinking news is one that most definitely does involve drinking, as we've told you they sometimes do. Uh and as we go through uh, the holiday season, this serves as an important reminder to take an Uber or use a designated driver if you've been uh, drinking at a party and you need to get home. It's always a good idea to make sure you have friends that will ensure that you don't drive if you've been overserved. Yeah. Right? Those are the good friends to have, right? The ones that, you know, you might be a little uh you know, get your feathers ruffled about it at the time, but later you'll go, no, that's a good friend that kept me from, yes. yeah, that held on to my keys, right? Uh, but not only will they stop you from driving when you've been overserved, but they can also help get you where you need to go. And in fact, <clears throat> one of the most important things that I have learned about life is that it's critical to know who you can and who you cannot count on when the chips are down. It's one of those life essentials that if you get it right, you're golden, get it wrong, and things can take a rather serious turn for the worse. 
I'd like to think that my friend and co-host Ian Barry sitting across from me in the studio here, despite his ill-formed position on IPAs and the fact that he has, on more than one occasion, taken great delight in malording me, I'd like to think that he could be counted on to be there for me if I was really in trouble. Yeah, I mean, if you get really, really drunk, I'll actually take you out to show you off. Okay, well, there you go. I, you know, I know I'd be there for you, you know, despite the fact that you like beer with chewy chunks in it. I mean, I'd be, I'd, I'd still, I'd be right there for you to Aww. each his own. Oh man, beer when you have to clean your teeth afterwards is fantastic. Family, of course, can be critically important for support as well. Uh, I think for most people, that's the first place you'd probably turn if you were in need. I can still remember as a teenager, true story, getting into a car accident while driving through the tiny town of Natalia, Texas, when a flashing traffic light fell on my car. (laughs) My first call was to my father who I totally realized that in that moment would have been more likely to believe me if I'd said that aliens came down from the sky and crashed into my 1972 powder blue Mercury comet uh, with their spaceship. Uh, But the point is, whatever he may have thought, he jumped in his truck and he came to rescue me anyway. Family, right? But not every family member can be counted on to be quite as helpful, even if they've got the best intentions. Sometimes they just can't seem to get out of their own way, never mind being much help to anyone else. Which brings us to our story on this week's Drinking News, where a young British man, I don't know if you have a little Britpop, you know, riff. You know, that that one's hard to do because I don't have the accent. Yeah. Go try it. What song are you playing? Uh, I'm just I'm just trying oh. to do like British. Today is going to be the day oh. <laughs> that we're going to have the Drinking News. <laughs> A British man, actually, not even really a man, just a 15-year-old boy from South Canterbury in Kent, was driving erratically and wound up getting pulled over by the police a little after midnight one foggy British morning. I should point out that I have no idea if it was actually foggy that morning in Canterbury, but I thought I'd play into that stereotype that it's always foggy in England. In any event, officers gave the man, uh, the young man a breathalyzer test, and the kid blew 529 micrograms per liter of breath. Now, since, I don't know what that means. Well, since England and the rest of the world cannot be bothered to bend to America's insistence <laughs> on not using the metric system, I'll let you know that 529 is more than three and a half times the legal limit. Ah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the cops make the arrest, and they carted the young lad off to the Timaru police station for processing. He gets his obligatory one phone call, which he used to call his mum, as the British say. Uh, to ask her to come and collect him, which, of course, she promised to do. At about 2.15 a.m., in her car on the way to the police station, the young man's mum was pulled over by police for driving erratically and subsequently blew 776 (laughs) micrograms in her breathalyzer (laughs) test, which is about twice the legal limit. (laughs) The limit there is 400 micrograms, by the way, just, you know, for your Mm. point of reference. Now, this would be a pretty remarkable story. If it ended there. But this being drinking news. Well, we have to go further than that. Yeah. Right? The boy's mom used her one phone call to reach out to her <laughs> husband to come and pick the two of oh, them up. Come on. And in a story that I'm only surprised happened in England and not in Florida, at about 3 a.m. the All same right, morning, honey, I'll be there to the get husband you. and father was pulled over on North Street for driving <laughs> erratically and blew a 559 on the breathalyzer. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Police records do not indicate who the man reached out to uh, with his one phone call. Uh, and this may be a rather sad story, but hey, 
at least the family was able to spend the night together. <laughs> As it turns out, both parents were not much help when called, and perhaps the boy should have known this, right? Uh, even if you have access to the phone numbers of many <laughs> celebrities. Uh, famous people. I like that they all got pulled over independently from yeah. each other, oh, yeah. too. Right? Yeah. Totally like independent that's... of each other. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even if you had access to the phone numbers of uh, a lot of celebrities, famous people, the fact is that a lot of them would be no more help than this kid's family was, and in many cases would probably be worse. I know that you may be worried about what to do or what not to do here. So, as a helpful gesture here at Drinking News, we prepared a list for you of celebrities you might not want to call. In specific situations. These will be the top five celebrities not to call if you need something. Ooh, ooh, can I guess? <laughs> sure. Is, is Robert Downey Jr. on there? <laughs> Actually, he probably should have made the list. But let's see where All we right, go How here. good is the list when he's not on top there? Top five celebrities not to call if you need something. Number five, don't call Will Smith if someone's making I jokes about it. your wife's hair. Oh. Uh, number four. Don't call R. Kelly to be the feature entertainment at any young kid's birthday party. <laughs> too soon? Still too soon. Too soon? Uh, number After three. the Chappelle thing, it's never too yeah. soon for R. Kelly. <laughs> number three, don't call Amber Heard if you're concerned that your bed sheets are not clean enough. Oh. <laughs> uh, number two. Do not call Kanye West to perform at a bar mitzvah. And the number one celebrity never to call if you need something. Number one, don't call Nicolas Cage for anything ever. Reporting live from the Smoking and Toasting Studios, where you can call me, because all I've had to drink today is all this non-alcoholic crap. Uh, my name is Cruz, and that is your... Drinking news. Fantastic. Oh, wrong key. Drinking news. Drinking news. That's our time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. You can't blame the wrong key on being drunk. It's, you know? it's because of the, all the non-alcoholic... Well, I'm, I'm, yeah. Um. Are you taking a I larger think, position on the tequila? Though? I think the no, I think the non-alcoholic is throwing him off. That's I think what it, it is. May be. I think he's it's throwing used, him off. He's used to a certain I've, like. I've never played ukulele sober. I'm afraid I'm going to make a mistake at this point in the show. I'm I'm pretty sure Ian. Nobody has ever played ukulele sober. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that. But uh, yeah. Okay. So our time for our final round here, and we may have to do these quickly because uh, we only have a. S set amount of time in this segment so let's start with uh, our third round of beers beer a in your thoughts gentle on the nose it's got a beer-like flavor and a decent beer-like mouthfeel this one's actually not bad yeah i kind of like this yeah lighter what do you think lighter it's decent yeah mm. i could drink that I said it's pretty good. It's pretty drinkable. All right, that's A. Let's see if Terry is. We're rushing you, I know, Terry, but let's see if you're ready with yep. uh, B. Here is B. Uh, all right, very good. I'll see you spinning the bottles back there like cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty good, though, if he was doing that, wouldn't it? I would be digging that. We should, you know, we should get like one of those bartenders on the show. I'm sure Chris oh, Morris knows yeah. somebody who could do that, that he could do, or maybe he can do it. No, can you see Chris Morris trying to do that though? I can't. <laughs> I, it just doesn't seem like him, you know. All right, this is beer B of you segment know, I three. Say, I, I think the whole first round 
It's kind of like we got all the crappiest ones out of the it, way in the first round. We just kind of got them out of the way. This one's not bad. This one's, again, drinkable. And, and the mouth feels way better than... I kind of actually like this It has one. that maltiness that you like so much. Yeah, it, yeah it, it has that maltiness. This one I'm, I'm tastes, saying is It tastes drinkable. like a beer, you know, which is... Uh, when you're talking about non-alcoholic beer, that's not necessarily a given. Malty good. Mm. Fascinating. Okay, Terry, let's see where we go with beer C. And this will be our last one of the entire segment. So, Ian, there comes yours. This is beer C. Coming down the pipe at me. <laughs> oh. Malty again. They tend mm -hmm. to end up in one of two camps, either like malt either. all up in your face or, or hops just or hops, all up in yeah. your face. Mm -hmm. I think it's this one's a little thinner than the rest. Um, it's Oh, it also, it also has, has a finish I do not like. It has a weird, like, hoppy finish. Are you the, with me yeah, on that? Oh, for sure. It started yeah, it started kind of funk. okay and then it went weird. It's funk and not the funk that we want mm. and need. It's mm. yeah. Okay, this one is a definite down arrow for me. All right. So, uh I'm pretty sure all three of us are going to rate this one third out of the three, but Ian, what do you got for number so one? Not so good on that. Uh number well, you know the the second one is probably my favorite in that um um and then uh, I would go B A C on this one. I am exactly the same. What about you, Joel? I'm going to go A B C. A B C. Yeah, but I, easy as one, two, three. Number uh, number one and two were very close. I thought. I think I like yeah, number two. Agreed. A little bit better, but you like number one a little bit better. Terry, let's see what we got. Read them and weep. Uh, beer A. Number one may be more beer like though. Uh, number two, I just like the flavor better. Mm -hmm. I thought number two was more beer like, but uh, let's see. Best two, day brewing, Kolsch style. Okay, so best day. Day Brewing, Kolsch-style, non-alcoholic, born in Northern California, and it says best day yet. So that's the that's beer A. You rated it number one. Ian and I rated it number two mm -hmm. out of that segment. Uh, beer B. Is Texas Select. No kidding. Yeah. Now, I have to tell you, I bought this one thinking this one will be the dud of the group. That's funny. <laughs> I had not tasted it, but just just looking at it, 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 you know, I couldn't find anything indicating it came from a reputable craft yeah. brewery or anything like that. But this is actually my favorite of this whole segment. Surprisingly hmm. enough, that has a, little weedy things around it. it just like just like uh, yeah, and it the, looks official and the well, state of Texas. Um, Pabst like has, the Pabst right? Blue Ribbon. Yeah, right. it looks official, like a pearl or something. All right, so that was Beer B. How about Beer C, which uh, none of us uh, HD liked. Brewing, yeah. uh, Craft Brewing. That's all it says. Hairless Dog, that's what it is. Hairless Dog. Party a, like a, there's a tomorrow. A pretty uh, a Hairless Dog. That's a pretty apt uh, name, I thought, for this. I did not like this at all. It's, uh, it's a non-alcoholic IPA, but I didn't get that. Really from it at all? Did you did you think it was an IPA? I don't know at this yeah. point. All right, Ian, uh, read them and weep. <coughs> you got uh, one. You, you on got, this on this one. You got one, two, and three. That's the same that I had. You no, had, no, I got uh, B A and C. Uh, I'm sorry, on B A and C, and I had the same, and you had uh, A B C. ABC. Mm -hmm. So, all right, guys, we have one more segment. In this segment, I need you to pick your three favorites of the day. My my favorites of all of these <laughs> is the El Padrino. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the, the, the tequila. Uh, the tequila, yeah. That was that was pretty darn good. Yeah, make a Boilermaker, and then that'll be the favorite. We'll get uh, we'll get to the uh, the final results. That's a whole other show, adding alcohol to non-alcoholic beer. I like it. I like it. That's a show I can get behind. Uh, we'll be right back at Smoking and Toasting.
Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Ian made a remark in the uh, break that I thought was uh, pretty telling. Definitely the best thing that we have tasted here today, we'll all agree, is in fact the tequila. <laughs> uh, the El Padrino. My favorite out of That's all of these number... non-alcoholic beers is the tequila. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally with you. Totally with you. That said, guys, we have a duty to the listeners and viewers of the show uh, to at least rank our personal uh, thoughts for the first, second, and third best of the non-alcoholic beers that we have tried today. We tried 10 total. So, Ian, I'm going to let you go first. So... I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, number third best, um, Texas Select. Uh, mm. uh, amazing, because I I, honestly, I, I I will tell you guys, I almost didn't buy this uh, to be in the th And then I well, thought, no, we need we need like a baseline, like one that's probably a dud so that the craft the beers best, will, will come in. how the, things have changed. Yeah, the best and, day, I think, was right behind that, uh, because both of those have a very beer-like mouthfeel to it. That, that We remarked early on how thin some of those were at the beginning. Mm -hmm. But I think our first batch just happened to be the thinnest of the batch. Um, uh, number two, I'd say the uh, the the what was the fruity hoppy one, right? That was the Sam, Sam Adams. Adams. Sam yeah. Adams. Yeah. Sam yeah. Adams kind of nailed it on the fruity juicy. The fruity um, juicy IPA, for just sure. the haze. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. I, like <clears throat> holy cow, and and it's very beer like. Uh, I was pretty happy with that. But number one, Guinness, man, Guinness knocks it out of the park. Yeah, like the whole time. I the think Guinness is pretty for me. darn good. All right. What do you All think, right, Joel? So third to first, yeah. Third so to first, yeah. Your Texas Select, my best day, Colch. That was my okay. third. Those were yeah. pretty close on me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you went best day, Colch, which was also from the last uh, boarding group. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. uh, number two, I'm going to go Guinness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But number one, that Sam Adams. I would actually pick up a six pack of that Sam Adams. Yep, Sam uh, Adams just was tasty. Yeah. I'm, so I'm, maybe I'm a convert now. Interestingly, um, I'm a little like both of you uh, guys when it comes to my list. Number three for me was, in fact, the Texas Select. I thought it was just surprisingly good. More beer-like yeah. than the rest. Number two for me was the Guinness. And number one for me was the Sam Adams. Yeah. Uh, I just thought that was really almost the most beer-tasting non-alcoholic beer that we had, and that's why I went for it. It was also pleasant. Like you said, if, if somebody gave me a six-pack of that, I wouldn't look at it and go, ah, oh, damn. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And that may be a low yeah. bar. Yeah. Yeah. That may be a low yeah. bar, but I'm just saying. I'd be like, if oh, If you thanks. didn't know better, you might drink it and wonder why you're not. Yeah, why, you why I'm not yeah. catching a buzz? Yeah, catching yeah. a buzz. Yeah. 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 Like Beavis and Butthead that time. Yeah. They went yeah. to the convenience store, got someone to buy them beer, and, and then they bought them non-alcoholic beer. Them non -alcoholic beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta love that. So, uh how different does it feel, Ian, to be in the waning moments of the show and not be like... I'm really working on this, uh, this <laughs> the tequila. 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 Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed that there's a whole bunch of it going yeah. from the bottom <laughs> yeah. already. Yeah. It looks like so, you've blended it into every other yeah. sample. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, was, I was alcoholing my N.A. beers. <laughs> I will say what it was really interesting, and this has not happened to us before, that like one of the groupings was just... Demonstrably not as good as the others. I really want to point out too that as a testament to our non-alcoholic beer show, you didn't spill anything. 
I think I may have spilled a little tequila, which is the saddest <laughs> thing I could possibly yeah, say. Exactly. At yeah. this juncture at this of the place. program. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, and I also like that uh, I pulled out the Guinness and the Sam Adams right one after another. Yeah. And yeah. those were right next and to each other. And those made all three of our uh, final yeah. lists. So. Yeah. So fascinating stuff. Well, Joel, uh, thank you for coming on the show and for being such a, uh, uh, you know, a, a good-natured uh, uh, contributor to our non-alcoholic uh, beer show. I we can't promise wait to for have whatever, you whatever the next thing. We is promise to have you to. back next time we do the barley wine like blind something taste fun. test. Or something, <laughs> oh, I love barley wine. Something huge. Uh, I got to tell you, by the way, we'll have this segment on on next week's show. I tried a very interesting barley wine while I was away for Thanksgiving. I want to tell you about it. Uh, Ian, because I was thinking of you when I uh, when I ordered it, and uh, it was different, but I think you would have liked it. So I'll tell you all about that uh, coming up. We also have uh, coming up on uh, uh, the the shows to come here: pairing whiskey with your holiday meal. I know we're already past mm. Thanksgiving, but uh, we still got that Christmas still have to come. Mm-hmm. We still have uh, New Year's and, and black eyed yeah. peas to come. So we'll talk about uh, and holidays. The... If you want to do breakfast, let's do it. Holidays, <laughs> right. I love it. Pairing whiskey I love with it. your holidays. So pairing whiskey with your holiday meal. Uh, that's all coming up. We're going to tell you, still got to tell you about uh, cigars to watch for, and uh, uh, there's just so much going on for the holidays. <laughs> Happy holidays to all of you. Drink more tequila. Have a wonderful <laughs> week. And th- uh, Joseph, thanks Cheers. again of course, for being on the program. Thanks for inviting me. Great fun. And as we like to say about now on the prog, cheers, cheers y'all. Whatever happens, don't leave it so soon. It's alright when it's okay. Yeah, you never listen to what anybody else says. Shut your stuff and